0: <laughs>
1: like a radio broadcast advises safety at all times, discourages underage riding, but
0: celebrates the spirit of motorcycling. And how?
2: This is Tango Charlie, Green T515. coming in. No. T. Good morning, Tango
3: Charlie. This is Easy the minister of Green T515. I'm ready to roll. See you in five at the D&D base. Over an hour. Over and out.
2: Sixty-seventh episode of the Long Way Home on the Biker Radio podcast, a podcast on motorcycling from in and around India, celebrating its heroic riders, legendary mechanics, and iconic builders through stories told by members of the community, one legend at a time. I'm Shandy, and joining me on the show today is a very special guest. His story is unique because this artist's love for motorsport was self-fueled and his dedication to his muse is almost inexplicable. A native of the analogous era, he was among the first of the boat arriving on Virgin Digital shores as early as 1996. He's been telling his stories ever since through his pictures of a world he sees through his camera lens. His stories are different from that of the mercenary Shutterbug, as he delves into the subject, the trade, the ecosystem, and digs up uncommon storylines from the margins of the road. Head of Design Airport Real Estate at GMR Airports, this cool cat packs years of experience, straight talk and a wicked sense of humor to match his fabulous moustache. A father of two sons, a husband, a friend, he's an architect, an artist, a photographer, a problem solver, a biker, a single malt lover, a catador, a carnivore, a motorsport junkie, a wildlifer and an admirer of big engines in small cars. Slow cooking and slow driving in a world that is rushing to get a speeding ticket. Please welcome our latest friend and guest on The Long Way Home. Lights, camera, Mihir Mishra. Mihir Mishra, welcome to the Biker Radio Broadcast. Welcome to The Long Way Home.
3: Thank you, sir. It's a great pleasure being with you here.
2: So where do we start? At the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. Always a good place. Yeah. So where does this all start?
3: Which bit? This bit. Uh, I need to ask my dad that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, not much of a biker, but I was always always keen on following things automotive since I was a kid. Mm. So, whether it was cycles or motorcycles or cars... We only used to have one beaten up old Morris growing up, which uh, my dad was very proud of. Mm. And it was built like a tank. (laughs) So with the result, whenever we used to go to see a cricket match, us kids would get on top of the car and nothing would happen. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, The neighbors, on the other hand, they had a Fiat Mm. and their roof caved (laughs) in. So, yeah. So good for Morris. Yeah. (laughs) so my father used to work for ongc which is like okay. and ongc's headquarters were in dehradun correct mm-hmm. so we sort of grew up spent the first 10 years of my life went to school there i was the first born i had two siblings okay okay so brother sister both you. younger yeah okay so much yeah 3 years apart mm. so again dehradun used to have a lot of uh, old bikes oh yeah there were a lot of indians yes and uh, there were a lot of uh, sort of uh, priests mm. who used to have bikes. Right, right. So you would see the BSAs, uh, they used to be the art BMW. Yeah. And the original, original land field. Right. And then uh, we sort of moved to Gujarat. My dad got posted to okay. another oil field on land a right. place called Ankleshwar. Okay. Which is literally a one-horse town. Okay. So we used to live in this tiny project colony and... Mm. All my dad's subordinates used to land up uh, And I think they landed up on Sunday Because they knew that I would clean up their bikes <laughs> <laughs> So you know The the Java had died And the Yezdi had come in okay, And it was fashionable that time To flip the logo to become oh, an ah! You are the <laughs> first guy who knows that yeah. <laughs> So while they were sucking up to my dad on work I would be cleaning up their bikes Yeah so that's eventually how I sort of learned how to ride, because okay. I would steal their bike. Oh, lovely. While they were talking, I'd go around the colony. Yeah. So yeah, I think I'd learned on a... How old were you? Uh, 11, 12. Okay. Brilliant. Just about managed to yeah. reach the ground. So then that moved on to uh, bullets. Uh-huh. My uncle used to have a bullet. He used to be in Bombay, moved back to Delhi, mm. and decided to overhaul his bike, because... Right. Bombay, well, everything was rusted and he was a mechanical engineer. Yeah, So he had the confidence to take it apart <laughs> and put it back together, hopefully. Mm. So as a young kid in the summer vacations, I helped him mm. take apart the bike. And we had a couple of Teslas, you know, like mm, thing, yeah. with oil in them and yeah. took the whole bike apart, cleaned it up, put it back together, took it for a ride. Wow. Came back, found that there was one whole Tesla left over of parts. <laughs> And still work, <laughs> and the bike still works. So these are all shims and washers and God, ha- what have you? Yeah. But that bike worked yeah. perfectly fine. <laughs> and then we, then I had my first bike accident on it. Okay. So there were no helmets those days. Right? Forget about protective gear. I mean, jeans yeah. was something that rich kids had. Yeah. So uh, when yeah. Did you get your first pair of jeans, I don't even remember. I think it was after I got my first bike. <laughs> <laughs> Jeans were more expensive than bikes, <laughs> were, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah, uh, so we well, used to live in Vasantvihar. We rode down to Motibag uh, on Shantipat, which was yes. a nice wide road. Oh, yes. And uh, we were coming back uh, to Vasantvihar, and then one Sadarji, with his Sadarni sitting at the back, decided to cross across the road without looking. All right. So, my uncle he slammed on the brakes, mm. uh, skidded. Mm. Sadarji got saved. Mm. Uh, I landed in the gutter with the bike on top of me. Oh, God. And uh, my entire right side was sort of scraped. Uh Oh. So... uh, So that was bruises, by and large. Well, most of them were bruises. uh, Except one uh, sort of festering uh, wound on my left foot, Mm. which just won't heal. Oh. And uh, so uh, they kept sort of bandaging it and used to get septic and bloody and everything. And... Then finally, a scab sort of formed. Mm. And you know, as kids, you try and pick up the yeah, scab, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, get yeah. it off. And one bit of the scab was actually a stone which is embedded in the foot. Oh, brilliant. So, kala we'll kalapathar. Uh-huh. So, that was what was causing it. And it was like deep enough, like oh, half an inch deep. So, right. wedged in. It was wedged in into the skin. So, the doctor actually poured an acid to burn it out. Oh, baby. So, yeah. Well, no said motorcycle was fun all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so once you've been through that, then you put on your boots yeah. and you put on your yeah. helmet and yeah. you put on all the armor. So yeah, sure. you learn young. <laughs> Hi, this is Mandy Marwa, Marwa. And you're listening to Biker Radio Rockcast.
2: Rockcast. <laughs>
3: Hi, this is me and this is the long way home listen connect right on this little horse town It only had classes till the ninth so then i moved to baroda for a year to do my tenth mm. i was this single kid yeah irresponsible yeah in a hostel yes spent very little time studying right spend most time playing around here there i used to yeah. cycle a lot right so, in fact, cycle almost anywhere between 80 to 100 kilometers a day. Wow. Because I was playing a lot and I had to sort of uh, strengthen up my cardiovascular system and legs. And, <laughs> so I, and anyway, there was no public transport. So, we had to ride everywhere. Yeah. So, I used to have a tiny little red bicycle which was called, uh, Hero wasn't around at that time. Atlas? Now Atlas BSA. I think it was called Hind. Hind? Okay. Yeah. So it was the closest thing to a sport bike that you could get in India. Right. So you flip the handlebars around to make it look deep. And you you change the sprockets around. All the DCs you got, you could do. Yeah. So then I got in the same guy. And the wooden scale? No, no wooden (laughs) scale. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so the the Baroda University was where my school was. So the Baroda University used to have a lot of cyclists. Okay. Yeah. And they used to have these fancy Italian bikes because they were part of some bicycling federation. So okay. it was super lightweight Italian bikes. Mm. So there was a the road which used to go pretty much all around Baroda. Okay. So I got along with them and went around uh, mm. the periphery. And that's when I got uh, the first whiff of motorsports. Okay. Because that was the year that the London-Sydney okay. Marathon sort of went through India. Yes. And they went through just past our school. Yes. And, uh, well, the newspaper never used to mention too much about motorsports. Right. Nothing has changed today. Right. But word of mouth got around and we saw some service trucks moving. So we got up at 4 o'clock in the morning, yeah, yeah. waited till 8, 9, while well, the first cars went. And so Andrew Cohen and the bunch of Mercedes Benzes and yeah. Porsches and Land Rovers. And that was the first exposure to so-called uh, international motorsports. Right. After that we moved to Delhi, Yeah, my father moved to a government job, uh, he got transferred, mm. so went to school in uh, DPS Archipurum, then went on to uh, School of Architecture. Okay. So, um, which year is this? 1980. 1980. Okay. That's when the Himalayan rally started. <laughs> And the first year, the first couple of years, you start in Bombay, come through Delhi, go up to the Himalayas, come back. No, earlier, I think it used to finish in Srinagar. A couple of years, it started. it's used to start in Delhi, come back, and finish in Delhi. It, it went through its various avatars. And uh, that's when a lot of international participants used to come in. Okay. I mean, because the, the Himalayan rally was part of the Asia Pacific. It was part of an international round. So Correct. a lot of Flory, Rootard, Mitsubishi yes. teams, all of them used to come yes. in to take part. And Air India used to fly them in. Yes, yes. So, yeah. So that was great. I mean, There was that. And then there were suddenly all these ambassadors and fiat. <laughs> you know. The lights used to weigh more than the car itself. And you know, the horn used to be louder than <laughs> the car and all kinds of stuff. But it was fun. I mean, that was truly... Uh, yeah. Uh, a, an exposure into the Indian motorsport circuit. The Biker Radio broadcast.
0: You can look, but you can't turn.
3: Hi, this is me, bisha and this is the long way home. Listen, connect, right on. Thank you.
2: You can pay him on the way out
3: the indian boat sports fraternity is very you know they don't allow outsiders in mm-hmm. it's all friends and family so yes. just, you can be a spectator but you're not allowed right. to be part of right. the whole organizing circuit of marshalling or whatever unless mm-hmm. you got money or you're a driver yeah so for the longest time i was a little bee which is floating around <laughs> trying to pick ups and walk down the himalayan rally used to why? Have, why? why why you you just got sucked into it uh, it, it was a big Passion for me, right? Really? And the fact that uh, the Flory Ruta team used to be based out of, uh, well, they whenever they used to come to Delhi, they used to stay at uh, the Vasanth Continental. Okay. And I was in Vasanth Piyar. Right. So you see all the trucks happening right. there, and so it got, you know, got yeah. motivated. And the first flag off used to be, earlier be from the National Stadium, and then they uh, after Jawaharlal Nehru yeah. Stadium got built, it got sort of shifted there. Yeah. And then the gypsies came in. Correct. That was a big deal. And there was Rajiv Khanna and Opel Ascana and yes. all of that. So I used to sort of, the first competitive stage used to be in Noida. Mm. In a sector called Noida Kulesra. Mm. We don't know where the hell Kulesra is now. I looked it up on Google Maps. Mm-hmm. I can't find it. It's just disappeared. Okay. So cycled down. To Noida Kulesra. To that section and then walked into the stage mm. to spectate. photography was very expensive you needed to have a camera and Mm. the camera was analog and film which is very expensive yeah so I still I think I borrowed somebody's camera one year and shot one roll of film okay took me six months to find money to develop it yes and to find out that I'd missed most of the action you think you're very smart but you're not photography is a complex sort of game yeah so uh yeah so that was the first thing into uh, the himalayan rally and uh, there used to be another one called the the great desert himalayan raid mm. which eventually broke up into what is now as the desert storm and the himalayan raid okay the raid to himalaya right so that time is to again start i guess in delhi and then go all the way to jaisalmer circle back go up to the mountains come back, and that mm. was the first, that was the closest thing to the Dakar. Correct. So there were bikes, and there were cars, and there were trucks, mm. which is funny. You know, you had these little Mitsubishi Canter's and Swaraj Mazdas with three people sitting abreast, and and uh, there were a lot of booze fueling. <laughs> so the army teams were always always there, out in big numbers, <laughs> and the army service truck used to carry. A gunny bag full of powas. Right. <laughs> you know, little quarters, which they used yeah. to sort of hand out to spectators. it was uh, great fun. Was like, oh, wow. What safety are you talking about? Yeah. No helmets. Nothing. Thank you, Indian Army. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you no, know, they were the most uh, oh. fun-loving bunch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dildar. Totally, yeah. totally.
1: Hi, I'm Major Renuka from the Indian Army.
0: And you are listening to the Biker Radio broadcast. Broadcast. Hi, this is Mike Keshwar and you're listening to the Biker Radio broadcast. You are listening to the Biker Radio soundboard. Soundboard, soundboard, soundboard. Hi, I am Nikhil, travel consultant by night, motorcycle enthusiast all around the clock and I will be your soundboard today on the Biker Radio broadcast. It's been a week where almost 15% of world trade was held to ransom by one ship blocking the Suez. Navigation is a tool that we all need, be it on land, air or even at sea. Bike Radio Broadcast thought it would be a good idea to look at navigation as a critical part of off-road rallying. The roadbook, also called the tulip, is a set of instructions either in the form of a book a scroll or an app, assisting in navigation through a rally course usually unknown to the rider. The analog versions were uh, textual scrolls containing information about directions and conditions of the course, detailed ground-level instructions. This map has evolved slowly from being one on paper to a digital display version. Dhaka 2021 adopted it for their car and truck categories, with quads and bikes lining up for the changeover next. Typically in India, navigating during a rally is done by using a device called a trippy, together with a paper roadbook. The roadbooks are made by a team of people who would go ride or drive in controlled speeds on these pre-decided routes and manually mark out the dangers and the directional changes using Google Maps, Trippy, and the roadbook making software. Why a roadbook for competitors rather than Google Maps you may ask. While navigation is a skill and anybody can go flat out on a marked course, Very few can go fast while trying to figure out which direction they need to go fast in. With some basic maths and a sense of direction, one can learn the skill of rally navigation. Rallies with practice build nerves of steel as they would be required to navigate accurately while they travel at great speeds on difficult terrains. While there aren't a lot of opportunities to learn these skills in India, especially for two-wheel rallying, Hero Motorsport has supported Jordi Grau from Big Rock Spain to develop an app where anybody can simulate navigation using a digital roadbook without having to invest in very expensive equipment. The Android app, um, Rally System, can be downloaded from Play Store for you to test out. Once you get a good hang of it, you could probably start working on your own Rally Roadbook. Here's another spot of good news. The Suez is now open and your bike parts that you have been waiting for are on their way. That's it from me, Nikhil from Bangalore. I'll be back with another edition of the Biker Radio Soundboard. Probably with updates about the Dakshin Day 2021, which we are told has been moved to the first week of May. Until then, listen, connect, ride on. You are listening to the Biker Radio Soundboard. soundboard. Soundboard.
2: Wisdom comes from hindsight, but rearview mirrors always help. Bike Radio Broadcast. Listen, connect, ride right on. Well, thanks, Nikhil. Did you guys try out the navigation game where you get to steer the ever-given? I lasted a minute, okay, making a, a few boat lengths progress before an eventual collision on the western side. But one Uncle G was heard uh, sharing his WhatsApp gian saying um, was sewage nala khul gya? And he was saying this to a tolerant bunch of head-bopping aunties in the elevator. But insurance wale ko diarrhea ho gaya, yaar. With potentially billions in claims. Man, what a week it has been. <laughs> Welcome back here on The Long Way Home on the Biker Radio Broadcast. I'm Shandy and with me is motorsport photographer, rally enthusiast, Mihir Sharma. Who likes life easy like Sunday morning. Me trained as an architect at the School of Planning and Architecture, New Delhi, in the early eighties. Let's get back on the long way home, in which Meher gives it those ones. But that's another SPA inside story, Anna?
3: Hi, this is Meher Mishra, and this is the long way home. Listen. Then, uh, yeah, so then got to college, uh, I used to take a bus and shift, change buses and cannot place somewhere else to get to ITO. Mm. Then one day I missed the bus or I ran out of money, I decided to take my bicycle Mm. and figured that the bicycle from Piya to ITO was faster then taking the then bus. Then taking the bus through Kanaat Place yeah. and three changes and whatever. It was, right. so yeah, you go down Shantipath, go down uh, Aurangzeb and Tilakmarg yep. and boom, you're there in like 30 minutes. Yeah. So that became... Doable. That became quite doable and uh, it gave you the flexibility. Yes. To leave whenever you wanted. Yeah. And that's when again I got back into biking because well, you had to have a bike if it was stud. Yeah. And, you know, chicks only like guys with bikes, right. not bicycles. Right. So, uh, again, <laughs> okay, so, you know, I would borrow somebody's bike because you used to sort of work overnight uh, mm. on class assignments and had to come home, change. Right. So I would right. borrow somebody's bike from the hostel. So you would buy bike, I mean, whichever one was around, whether it's a GTS or the Rajdut. Yes. Yamd, or, not the Now No, the, that came in much later. Yeah. Or a bullet or yeah. whatever have you. And so that's how I sort of learned to ride and okay. broke several bones. Okay. In fact, uh, the biggest crash I had was in borrowing somebody's Rajdu 350, which was the Yamdu. Hmm. We were all decided to go to Machan. Do you remember Machan? Women? Yeah, of course. So in the middle of the night, we all go to Machan to drink coffee. Right? <laughs> so, uh, So there was this guy whose bike it was and he was too hammered. Yeah. So, we put him in a car and I decided to ride his bike back. Yeah. And this was at about 4.30 in the morning and that uh, that big roundabout in front of yeah. uh, the Taj. Yeah. So, I came out uh, of the exit and took a left and there was this mm. dudwala <laughs> you know, on a bicycle with four canisters on either side sauntering across at two kilometers an hour. It was... Milkshake. You know, I didn't want to pay for the milk. <laughs> so i sort of avoided him i hit the curb and oh, that oh, was a big nice. prank so picked up the bike went back got into a bus came back home only to for my mother to wake me up next morning and said uh, what happened to you i said yeah. what happened to me mm. saying your clothes are all red mm. there's blood everywhere mm. what do you mean what happened to you I said, ah okay so it turned out that uh, not it was like the first one so one entire side was bruised uh. and i had broken three ribs oh my god so you just lay there. Yeah, so it, it, when you're young, they fix themselves. Right. Sort of that. So that was good. So I remember that when I, then I eventually bought a 350 much later. Okay. But that was like my second bike. Okay. My first brand new bike was, was a tiny little bike called the Zundap 50s. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> but it was the only bike with alloy wheels. Yes, absolutely. And it was yes. this little German thing. Yeah. And out. for a little 50cc, it was quite Sprite-y. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Except that it uh, didn't have a battery, so now you had to keep revving up mm-hmm. the light uh, Light <laughs> to keep the light working. Although there was supposedly a relay that you could buy. Okay. But that was worth 900 bucks, which was a shitload yeah. of money. Yeah. So I said, forget it. To just ride it. So I stripped it down, mm. changed things around on it. It was mm. great fun to ride. Yes. And I used to have long hair. Oh, really? Very long hair at that point of time. Uh, I had a helmet, so it used to sort of flow out. So there was this other friend of mine who uh, much later told me that he was chasing another girl uh. on a Zundap. And that Zundap was really taking turns like all the way down. I, yeah. s- I said, oh, that was me. <laughs> so you know, Because that was the time you get inspired by the Kenny Roberts of this world. Oh, and yeah, you yes. put a knee down to the ground and oh, yeah. all of that. Robert. Yeah, uh, stupidity in hindsight, yeah. but yeah, well, it was fun then. <laughs> so yeah, so then uh, sold that one. Okay. Uh, because I, I think I just didn't use it for a while and then it just seized up and there were no <laughs> parts for it. Right. Enfield didn't support it anymore and so it just died. So I right. sold it for, I think my mother sold it for 500 rupees to work, buddy. Wow. By which time uh, I had started using my father's old ambassador because... Uh, Ambassadors, like, you know, have their own personality. Each right. gear has its own personality. Right. Each car has its own personality. Right. My father's car and my father never sort of agreed to that personality clash. Okay. So the moment he figured out that I could drive, he sort of... chalayega, main I chalunga. Which is funny, which goes back to how I learned driving. Okay. So we used to live in this joint family situation in Basantviyar and... Uh, there used to be the like this driveway on one side, mm-hmm. and so there was this driveway, yeah. and then there was the house. Yes. So the driveway used to hold four cars. Right. So there was my grandfather's car, my uncle's car, my dad's car, and then there was a tenant. Hmm. All the cars had to be taken out, out. in the morning. Yes. So that uh, you didn't hold anybody back up. Now all these people had problem reversing. <laughs> My grandfather would almost take half an hour to reverse his car because it would hit one side or hit mm. the other side. So, since it was my job to sort of check on the tail, punny, battery, mm. whatever, I decided to reverse the cars out. Okay. And that's how I learned how to drive. All right. So, and you're a morning person? I'm not a morning person. But, oh, yeah. well, but that time I sort of maybe just come back <laughs> home from college, not gone to sleep. Yeah. So that's how I learned how to drive and which was just as well because I remember That's great.
2: Reverse first.
3: Reverse first. Always. Wow. (laughs) So once uh, my dad was in hospital in Green Park Mm. and my mom and I had gone to see him. And when we were coming back uh, from Green Park to via IIT gate Mm. to Vasampiya, the car got stuck in Mm. (laughs) reverse. I know where this is going. (laughs) Okay. Now, which side of the road are you supposed to drive on? <laughs> 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 so, I drove all the way back from IIT to Asanthiyar in oh reverse. Oh, my God. And the car was overheating because yeah, it's like crawling. Yeah, And it was all in reverse. Wow. And yeah, so that's like, what, 8, 10 kilometers?
2: Yeah.
3: IIT, yes, of course. And turning around. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that was fun.
0: <laughs> Hi, this is Prankurana from Pranky's Cafe. You're listening to Biker Radio
1: Broadcast. So, uh,
3: photography is your mainstay. You're basically an architect, right? I'm an architect. Yeah, I got uh, trained as an architect. You got trained as an architect, obviously. Correct. Yeah. and uh, So after college, what did you do? I tried uh, running my own little shop for a little while. Brilliant. No, it wasn't a great idea. I'm sure it wasn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> because uh, you need a certain kind of personality to run a successful practice. Right. I obviously did not have it. <laughs> I could never go and beg for fees or tell people that you owe me this much money. Yeah. I would rather, I was good at doing the work. design bit. Yeah. So that didn't work out. Uh, mm. Then I took up a job uh, in a company which used to manufacture furniture. Okay. So I learned how carpentry works, okay. how I learned how furniture works, how it's put together, okay. how it's finished, what, what are the various crafts which sort of go into it. And this company used to specialize in doing interiors for all five star hotels. Okay. Which one was this? it was a company called juneja in okay. oklah all right oh. so i did one project uh, for the Oberoi, mm. the Oberoi in new delhi mm. uh, with the contractor and uh, the general manager there then encouraged me to jump the fence and join the Oberoi. oh really and, you, and, and you and did and i did oh and then i was Oberoi hotels all the way till the end of 99. Uh. it was actually a project management Great. thing So we were a bunch of in-house specialists in each discipline. Awesome. So we would go out there to each hotel to make sure things were coordinated, being done to a schedule, Wow, all of that. And the the Oprah group was finally doing its first project in Rajasthan, which was at uh, two projects in Jaipur, in fact. Yes. Which is now known as the Trident Jaipur on the lake and the, Raj and the Rajvilas. Rajvilas right. yes. So we used to live in the edge of South Delhi. So door to door, it was four, four and a half hours. And I did that uh, maybe a hundred times mm. in 96, 97. Mm. This was before the expressway started. Yes, at yeah. that time, it could take anywhere from six hours to eight hours. So most people uh, tended to leave for Jaipur at 5.30, six in the morning. Mm. I used to leave at 8.30. Okay. So by the time uh, I reached Daruheda the trucks were off the highway mm. having breakfast. Right. The uh-huh. cabs had already gone. Uh-huh. So it was a clean road. Okay. And I would uh, reach in about four hours, four and a half hours. Okay. Spend you figured f- it down. four hours there at site. So the site was just at the beginning of Jaipur. So you didn't get into the city. Mm. And coming back, you then left again at about 4, 4.30. Mm. And you targeted getting back into delhi before 8 right because that's when the this trucks. funny thing called no entry khul jati hai Haan, no entry khul jati hai <laughs> khul jati hai no entry kya khul jaati. <laughs> so then that project finished and uh, there was another project in udaipur mm-hmm. so it was just a slightly longer drive mm. uh, that's s- a beautiful property Do udaipur oh thank you oh lovely yeah. so the, again it was two properties Udaipur and mm. uh, the trident Mm. Decided to road trip again with uh, the family Right. So the two kids who were really young Yeah. My wife and I, we said, chalo chalte mm. Two boys Two boys, mm. infants really at that point of time And mm. uh, we drove, the roads were completely empty mm. And I used to have a zen at that point of time Oh, lovely yeah. Was it a and classic? No, no, Oh, that's a piece of <laughs> shit <Sorry>. <laughs> 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 The old classic jelly bean zen Yeah but it had one of the best engines and the in best. India. It, it had the best overall package. Yes. It was a timeless design. It yeah. was very well uh, sort of built. Quality was yeah. amazing. Ride quality was
2: Amazingly, amazing. Amazingly, uh, that's the car that used to get flicked
3: the most. Yeah. Because they take it and make outboard motors out of them. Oh, that's where two of my Zens went then. <laughs> 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 the two of them stolen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, so anyways, I, I figured yeah. that out in Kerala. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Suzuki outboard motors. Yes. Oh, so that's uh, okay another place to look for yeah sort of power parts yes is absolutely. Suzuki outboards yep and put them into an s ah, okay next time i'll talk to a tuner <laughs> so that also then brought me into closer contact with rajasthan i love rajasthan mm. the variety of landscapes the amazing architecture absolutely. the variety of architecture again maywadi marwadi mm. mughal influences all kinds mm. wildlife yeah. So architecture continues into the project management area into the management coordination area. Yeah. So uh, there was very little design I was doing it like right. making sure that get the job done other people's design drawings were Getting correctly executed. interpreted. Mm-hmm. Because the dis- at, at the end of it, a drawing is only a piece of communication of intent. Correct. Engineers tend to think it's, it's written by God and sent right. on but Architects will know that it's only intent. Sorry, engineers. No, it's too <laughs> bad. <laughs> so a lot of times, I would be sort of uh, walking three steps ahead of the design and trying to figure out if there were conflicts, contradictions, right. uh, deviation from intent or concept, and that was something which was greatly appreciated by the designers because right. we did not make something and then break it. Right. Or I would tell them, you know. This is corner, I mean, obviously, Mm. you know, is not meeting correctly. These two junctions will not match. So what do you want to do? And uh, that's where, funnily enough, uh, digital photography came in.
2: Biker Radio Broadcast. Because some journeys take you inwards.
1: My way... Hi, this is Saleh Sharma from Darjeeling, reporting for Biker Radio broadcast. Uh, I the I uh, so It was like 185 to 90 kilometers, I think, covered. Going in Siliguri so, Very difficult, I hassle-free ride, Main pani so, pani so, I am going to go to the, the so, so, It a... is I go I Know, like 5 10 minutes ra chai, chai. Khancha, such an amazing drinker you know? people in the himalayas they you know like they take all these drinks and you know they go for work then juncha to so yaha tyu chalan chhadai okay? so, like hamro darjeeling uh, all these remote places man, so for the time I'm to go to the and I'm gonna go to the house. तो यको माजुङमा looking at the mountains in front of us giant big mountain the godoko dungro agadi agadi mountain chisowa jadu bhay rako <laughs> the feeling you know <laughs> it's really amazing moja audaiso whatever be uh, a kind of bit tipsy as well <laughs> and boli ko min like we are excited for tomorrow kina bhane boli yumtang and zero jane plan so hamro so tyogari kana che like we have to go to La So so is the plans. And the mazza this or whatever be. It's very cold out here, by the way. Very very cold. pani fees So La has been amazing. Ajo ride was really amazing. Waterfalls are better, it's saro mazza aye. like very mazza aye And that is me from Sikkim right now. And this is Ali Sharma.
2: And this is my way. My way. Hi, this is Harshman Rai, and you're listening to the Baikyo radio broadcast. Salish Sharma from Darjeeling, thank you so much for that heartfelt My Way from Sikkim. Uh, Salesh in fact, kept an audio diary for us every day on his phone. And at the end of it, we had 37 minutes of a brilliant tale of his tour which we will keep bringing to you in bits and pieces. Okay, Today's bit is about his journey to Lachung from Silaguri. Uh, hassle-free through the rain and the cold and to shake off that cold, he and his friends ordered Tongbas, which is a millet beer. Now the beer is made from fermenting millets and a bamboo flask also known as a Dongru in Nepali, containing the fermenting millets and warm water, makes this mildly intoxicating drink a must do in Sikkim. Well, sitting in the balcony of a homestay, watching the massive mountains ahead on a cold evening with a flask of a warm drink. This is the stuff dreams are made of. The next day's plans were to go to Lachen zero and yumtang and we'll bring those bits to you shortly as well well congratulations to Silesh and his riding team for making this long awaited ride despite the uncertainties of the road conditions and the and the permits so thank you Silesh, also for opting to do this in nepali it just sounds surreal we love it <laughs> Well, if you're interested to share your ride report with us, just send us an unedited recording or recordings of your trip to 8920276675 and we'll take it from there. Okay. And Salish. Hi, this is Meher Mishra.
3: bisha And this is The Long Way Home. Home. Listen, 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 connect, 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 right on, right on. Digital in 96, 97. Yeah, there was this tiny little camera made by Sony called the Mavica. Okay. Which used to record images on a floppy. Seriously? Yeah, 96. That was my first camera. Wow. So uh, those were the days before sort of email really came up. Yeah, yeah, of course. Some of us had private JPEG email. never existed. Oh, JPEG. That's when JPEG came yeah, in. Yeah, 96 JPEG came in. Right. Correct, no. correct. And uh, there were faxes. Yes, I know. Right. So instead of sending a text email or yeah. a text fax, Trying to describe what the issue was, I would take a picture, Mm. print it out, mark Mm. up on it and fax it across. Yeah, made sense. And then that changed to emailing it across and uh, emails would fly back and forth three, four times. Mm. And you would resolve the problem well before uh, the contractor got to that thing and came back with a request for information. Uh So that speeded things up. Uh So the camera was actually bought for that. Okay. And uh, then it went on to recording other things. Okay. No flaws or nice light and shade. Yeah. Corporate communication, you would ask me, yeah, there are two uh, I uh-huh. No, they would try and brief the photographers who would come in later with Hasselblad's and what have you. Okay. But they wanted to see a preview. Right. Because otherwise, you know, you had to fly somebody in, fly somebody out. Yeah. So digital made all that a lot easier. Yes. So, I still had that camera till uh, 2001 or two okay. it got stolen. Ah. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, back to world rallying. Yeah, where does that come back? So, as soon as the internet came in. Okay. So, you could suddenly you know, log on to and figure out what was happening in the yes. world rallying circuit and uh, who was driving and what was happening and every morning would sort of catch up mm. And somewhere down the line, I got connected to, uh, remember things like Gmail used to have G groups? Yes, Google of groups. course. Of course. So Yahoo groups and... So common interest groups based on an email yes. thing. So I was part of this uh, whole group, which used to sort of do a prediction for the weekend. Okay. Before Barred. the rally, uh. saying, okay, these are going to be the top 10 finishes. Oh, wow. So uh, and then the next week would sum up everything and try and figure out who. Okay. So the, the the thing ran through the season. Finally, there was a winner. You never got it. Was a big deal. Okay. So uh, during part of that, uh, there was this Sadarji, I mm. mean, who was based out of Nairobi, mm. who was part of the group. Mm. And uh, I figured I knew Singh had to be a Sadarji, so I mm. sort of caught him offline, and we got friends and. The next year, the round was in Nairobi. Okay. WRC Safari Rally, okay. 2000, 2000, 2001. So I, I don't know what this guy looks like. There was no Facebook at that point in time. I packed up my bags. I packed up uh, two dozen packs of floppies, <laughs> my little stupid camera and took a flight to Nairobi in time for the Safari Rally. I land there, realized I don't know what this guy looks like. My phone doesn't work. Although right. I had paid 10,000 rupees to the royal sum to get oh, international wow. roaming. Wow. But it didn't work because there was some network conflict. And uh, so I said, okay, this is it. I had to figure it out. Then I said, hang on. So Sadarji, how many Sadarjis could there be in Nairobi? Oh, come at on. The, quite the, a lot. At the airport. No, I yeah, was at not airport, as smart okay. as you, right? <laughs> so I still said, okay, at the airport. So I... Um, Stood around and they wear this very different turban, right? So okay. they all wear black, okay. Right? not the colored ones like okay. they wear in India. Okay. okay. Anyway, I found this Siddharjee, he was just, we, we were going around the same column, looking hmm. in the other direction. <laughs> so I finally bumped into him and uh, long story short. So uh, we then went through the whole uh, rally circuit over the next three, four days and uh, it's uh, something else. Wow, so, even I it was imagine. just shakedown, seeing a full blown yeah. rally car with heroes like Colin McRae and Richard Burns and all of them, mm. now four feet, five feet away, mm. I was ready to come back after shakedown. I said, yeah. no, mera to ho gaya <laughs> I don't need to wait for the rally. But uh, the funny part was that uh, my friend was helping out the official uh, website for the Safari rally. The wrc.com didn't exist at that point in time. Okay. Each uh, rally organizer would put up their own website. Mm. Now, to get eyeballs to a website, you need images. Yes, of course. Everybody was still shooting analog. Uh huh. And here I was. Okay. With this digital camera. Okay. Ahead of your time. Horrible image quality. Yeah. But it imaged nevertheless. Yes. So my images went on to the official website. Okay so from shakedown to scrutiny to whatever so you know it started populating quicker. and so a lot of uh, motorsports uh, photographers mm. would start looking out to who this guy was okay so there were companies who just shoot motorsports around the world Correct. they shoot in behalf of various uh, magazines various manufacturers and they were still using analog they were all on analog i mean they were comfortable with analog Correct. they had the the technology had moved yes but they were still comfortable with analog rather right. than digital. Yeah. So one of these guys came up to me and said, are you so so?" I said, yeah. He's saying, mm. uh, would you like to take my camera mm. and shoot with it? You can keep the images at the end and just give me the images. Mm. So I said, what the hell? I mean, I'm shooting with this horrible floppy drive. I mean, he has got a digital SLR. Mm. So I shot. So I still have some images somewhere. Okay, but it yeah it went to that syndicate whatever and they uploaded whatever. I mean it was possibly a. Uh, Why large. did he give it to you? Because uh, he was shooting and oh. so he couldn't have shot both. Okay, wow. So it was a big jump of faith. Are you doing this just because you wanted to? Yeah, really
2: seriously. Just you'd put money into this just because you wanted to. Yeah, motorsports makes you mad, right? Yeah, I mean I have you know I'm beginning to meet people like this, so yeah. I'm just trying to figure you guys out. I and mean, seriously, you'd so pull I, money yeah. out. Paid for money. Telephone food. ka 10,000, is ka yeh, is ka wo, and then or you go. jana.
3: jana. And leave. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so that was... The boss must have been super impressed with you. Uh, I don't think he knew. <laughs> he still knows where <laughs> I went. <laughs> so, yeah, so I came back with the, a really dark tan. Mm. No, that, the, the funniest part was Indian customs uh, immigration. Mm. So when I was going, uh, so the guy, I'm there in immigration. The guy asked me, mm. where are you going? So I said, I'm going for a holiday to Kenya. Mm. Kenya? Mm. What place is that to go for a holiday? And I he's, calling yeah. he's calling everybody. Watch the zebra. People go to Singapore. People go to Kuala Lumpur. Why are you going to Kenya? <laughs> so I was getting a little pissed off by then. And I said, yeah. because it's winter there. Ah. So you guys die here in July, yeah. I'm off to the I party. They had no concept that is yes. winter below the equator. So wow. anyway, the same thing coming back. Yellow fever lagaya. So then they're, uh-huh. because then they're very careful about, uh, yeah. So I saw a lot of these cars up close because unlike Formula One, uh, WRC is very open. Okay. I mean, you can walk up to the driver you're a big fan of and yes. just have a straight off conversation. Right. There is no, there are no walls and mm. you can sit an hour and drink. Mm. And even the celebrations, I mean, all the celebrations in Nairobi used to happen at this uh, restaurant called the Carnivore. Mm. Which nice. has, uh, yeah, it's like this big open spit and you can, they yeah. barbecue everything and you buy it by the kilo or the 10 kilo or whatever. And uh, they make this mean drink called dawa, mm. which is actually, we figured out later, uh, a sort of a mispronunciation of dawa. Oh, ho, 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 Dawadaru. Dawa yeah. So, it essentially has uh, lemon water, mm. honey, mm. and one big splash of vodka. Okay. Vodka? Yeah. Huh. So, Daru did But vodka? Well. But the Russians it, it, it got fixes, It fixes you, yeah. Of course. So, yeah, and they would also have rum and what have you. But mm. obviously, it became a big popular... But you could you know, buy a drink and send it across to, you know, Tommy McKinnon or wow. Colin McRae and whatever. I mean. They're all around. Wow. I mean, yeah. So, yeah, unlike Formula Modern One, they're, well, they're on a pedestal Yeah. in WRC. Well, maybe, I don't know now, but mm. at that part of time, you know, you had a drink together and mm. you shot the breeze. And awesome. See, unlike uh, Formula One or mm. racing, the rallying is a different game. Right. You're always against the clock, mm. and that's really your enemy. Mm. Your nearest competitor is always your friend. Okay. Why? At the end of the day, because you're not racing against him. Okay. You're racing against the clock. You have uh, a common enemy, right. which is the clock. Right. The other guy is still a friend, but at the end of the day, you will right. sit down and say, wow. oh, on that corner, and you know how the hands work. You drift like yeah. this, and you turn around like that. And wow, that's a, that's awesome. So they have an awesome camaraderie. That makes sense. And that you will see even in, motors, in rallying everywhere, mm. even in this country, mm. they'll be the best of friends. Yes, I see that. They'll talk about their problems, what happened here, yeah. they'll help each other out with parts. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a oh, different thing than racing, yeah. very, very,
0: very different. Mm. Hi, I'm uh, Vijay Parmar and you're listening to the Biker Radio broadcast.
3: Unless you're sort of aligned to one of these groups, you will never know that it's an event going on. Okay. The Indian media, especially the newspapers, will never cover motorsports mm-hmm. to date. Mm-hmm. At best, you will get one column inch after everything was over, saying, mm-hmm. And if some tire manufacturer had managed to, through a friend in the media, get it mm-hmm. published, that was it. So nothing used to happen. Uh, so which years are we talking? Now we are... Back to, well, the Safari rally was 2001. I came back, bought my first digital SLR in mm. 2003. And uh, but So you had to cut your teeth uh, in that milieu. I was doing it for fun. You I were wa- doing it for fun, right? Yeah, so I didn't have the... Intent also. No intent because yeah. uh, I knew for a fact that uh, that's not what's going to pay my bills. Right. I didn't have a serious enough camera. Right. And, uh, well, that's another story somewhere else. Mm. Uh, so, I started building for the first time I could afford a camera. So, right. the, the D300 or the 300D was the mm. first Canon DSLR, mm. which I bought. Okay. And then I cut my teeth. And th- that's the funny part. The moment you buy a camera, you think, that's it. You're right. I'm made. And in two weeks' time, you're just decimated. You, no, no. In two weeks' time, you're ready to exhibit. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So, no. the first <laughs> few years, are do you're talking about <laughs> yourself and... <laughs> it is only much later. And uh, this is where Facebook groups come in. Uh, Facebook started uh, 2007. Seven. Yeah. Right? Somewhere there. Right? Yeah, to 2007. So maybe. suddenly there were all these common interest groups popping up everywhere. And mm. you could suddenly see a lot of stuff was happening. Mm. There was Desert Storm and Raid di Himalaya and mm. all those rallies down south. And mm. and you could only look at pictures and say, oh, wow, maybe I'm going to do this someday. Mm. Never happened. Mm. I never had the time to go chase it. So I was too busy doing architecture, shooting pictures, Okay. and uh, other stuff. And uh, N- till ninety nine, you were with the hotels or something. Yeah, yeah. And then no, no. Till ninety nine, I was with Obra hotels. Then I yeah. joined ITC hotels. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, then I became a freelancer for a couple of years, did a couple of projects, including the renovation of the Claridge's Hotel okay. as a project manager, and then I joined a real estate company. Okay. And I was with them for about seven years. Okay. So in between all this is uh, I started building up my kit. Mm. I would afford to buy more lenses, mm. polishing up the craft, looking mm. at... So, so, yeah, that's when Facebook groups got mm. up with, you know, common interest. So there were ones on motorsports, there were ones on wildlife, there were ones on off-roading, jeeps, bikes, what have you. So mm. now you get all enthusiastic and you're missing out on all of this. Right. So you soak up all the gyan and try and figure it out. And that's how I got into off-roading. So once we sort of moved uh, to Kurgao in 2008, mm. I realized that Gurgaon had this off-roading group, which uh, was all around here. Yes. With these Jeeps and yes. what have you. And uh, so I joined that group. Okay. To basically stalk them to figure out when they were... And they, they were doing this off-roading every weekend. Yeah. But then I didn't know anybody on it. Okay. So I could just sort of look at pictures that they had taken. Right. The phone cameras had come in. So right, you right. see pictures there. And then one fine day, a friend of mine uh, who had a Jeep... Yeah. Told me Chal ja huh. So I said, Do you have a Jeep? He said, Yeah, I bought one many years ago. Uska hmm. battery tha. So hmm. many battery take care. So now it's working. So let's go. Hmm. So I said, Have you ever off roaded before? He said, How difficult could it be? Yeah, right. <laughs> ah, bad, na. I mean yeah. like so I said, Chalo, yeah. So I had a tiny uh, camera. I didn't take my SLR uh, hmm. because, you know, going out of dust and mud, you didn't want to risk a coupon yeah. which he had you know, spent a huge amount of time and money buying. Mm. So I had this tiny pointy shooty camera, so put mm. in my jacket, went. They went somewhere beyond Badshapur and then there was this like this massive descent. Yeah. So my driver friend said, ja. uh. That time there was no safety, no roll cages, nothing, yes. forget about helmets. So I got off, I started taking pictures of one guy, and second guy, and third guy, and I got hooked to it. Oh. And then I sort of figured out where the tougher angles were. So I would walk while the rest of these guys would off-road. Okay. And then I would come back and I'd upload them to their Facebook page. Okay. So it was an instant get popular. Yeah. Trick. So everybody was calling me after that. Yes. He, because you know, Facebook, you need a profile picture, or you need you know, so then tagging happened. So yeah. So suddenly, you know, my friend list grew from like two hundred to two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> everybody wanted pictures. Yeah, that went on for a few uh, seasons. To catch Mary photo. No, so go off roading and look. You know, so I got really got into it, and we got into the mechanics of it and the various techniques and. Uh, Then, uh, Mahindra used to run this uh, program called Mahindra Adventure. Mm. They had this off-roading sort of competitions throughout. So, this club that I was part of attended one of them. So, I was out there taking pictures and Mahindra used to have uh, some media person who was supposed to come and shoot their bit and that person's camera jammed or something happened. Mm. So, uh, they came to me, the organizer came to me saying, you know, can we... You some of your images. I say, yeah, yeah sure. Mm. I was stupid. Never sold them. I said, give them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that then opened up a few doors for me because then they would start calling me. Uh-huh. And by this time, uh, the economy had taken a downturn. 2008, right? Yes. So there was uh, salaries got slashed. There was mm. less work in office. Mm. There was enough work to pursue extra sort of curricular. Oh, wow. That's convenient. So I was polishing up my photography because now I had a subject. Yes. Which I was also passionate about. Yeah. So that, uh, so I shot those guys for three, four years, every weekend, or every alternate weekend. It became also like a big bunch of friends because they were all professionals on weekends. But you you know, you had the advantage because you had uh, started from scratch, literally. You know, a floppy camera, right? It's not the camera at the end of it. True. Absolutely. It's just a fancier tool. Yes. And so a rat trap becomes a rodent catcher, still same job. Right. But then uh, it, it allowed me to sort of look at a lot of things very differently. Mm. The sport, mm. okay. the people in the sport, okay. photography, mm. the subject, the mechanics of builds, mm. people's personalities. Did you? build my own off No. People's personalities. Because this show is all about the people. You know, yeah, I'm, so there are very colorful personalities yeah. in
0: this spot. This is Srigoon Veer Singh Pathania and you are on The Biker Radio Broadcast.
3: Hi, this is Meher Bishra, and this is The Long Way Home. Listen, connect, right now.
2: This entire thing about image, who you want to be versus who you are,
3: are two different things. I would sort of rephrase that to the sense that what you are and what you see yourself as are two different things. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of people see themselves as red-hot rock stars. Or want to be seen as that. Or want to be seen as that. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. So that's that whole hunger for the the display picture. And uh, I went off-roading and I almost fell off and I still did it. And nobody could climb that hill and I did. Yeah, yeah, So it's a big macho thing. It It is. So image is something that pretty much drives a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Have ever thought of that, deeply? I was only the image capturer. Never thought much about the news? No. It was a subject. Was it your intent to make them look good? Um... No, no, never really. For me, it was still uh, largely sort of working on my craft. Yeah. Sure. To get uh, my understanding of uh, the camera and photography better, it helped the fact that it, I was shooting a subject that was uh, very interesting and very close to me. Mm. So, and that uh, intent sort of carries on with me, irrespective of what I'm shooting. But I will always shoot what is sort of close to me and I'm interested. Right. So it wasn't necessarily off roading. It could be. Well, it moved on to other kinds of motorsports. It moved on to wildlife. It moved on to architecture. It moved on to abstractions. So that's actually the story of uh, the development of my photography. Right. Over time. Yeah. Because don't forget, it's actually quite compressed. I mean, it's less than 12 years old. Yeah, but nevertheless, it's it's uh, it's passion, intent.
2: It's, uh, you know, the, it's depth, right? The, the more you spend time in it the more you kind of realize... The more you realize how little you know. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Also.
3: So like I said, initially, you know, when you're a fresh photographer, you think you know it all? Yeah. It's the same thing with motorsports. Mm. The novice off-roaders, for photographers, actually make better subjects than good ones. Okay. The good ones don't make mistakes. Therefore, they make terrible images. Right. They will never blow up clouds of dust or go skidding or roll over. Right. The novice ones do. They got nothing to prove. They got nothing. No, no, they don't even make spectacular images. Right. See, don't forget that, uh, unlike the WRC, Oops. where those cars are doing stupendous amounts of speed around corners. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't. Even at the top end, except for maybe Gorov Gill and the top 5, 6, mm. coming around a corner will raise some dust. Mm. The others wouldn't. they will go tick, 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 tick around and uh, have a really loud exhaust and... Yeah, I mean, I'm mean not to shoot them down, but that's the reality. So, the question essentially is that you know when you're able to
2: differentiate between the the person and the image, is that where
3: the growing up happens? Um, no, the image is uh, still an extension of the subject or hmm. the driver in this case, because. Uh, With me, I need to like the person for me to take a good picture of that person. Right. And that's where those person-to-person relations sort of develop. Yeah. And that's where it also helped that I was an amateur and not a professional. Yes. Because if I was doing it for the money, then I would have a deadline and I would have to shoot only the top three, four vehicles doing spectacular things and not shoot guys at the end. But right. it was the guys at the end who make great images, and that's where their are stories. Mm. Because they're, they're people who don't have factory teams, they don't have support teams. The guy is sitting down, fixing his own car. The Malemoto. Like the Malemoto, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the guy is you know, sort of written down from somewhere in Uttarakhand just to take part in an event. He's going to ride back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not flown in, yeah, yeah, and yeah. somebody's brought yeah, his car. Yeah, and no. He's, he knows how to fix it. and He's there for the fun. He's not there for the trophy. Well, it's
2: the guys at the end who make spectacular images and with that we come to the end of the first part of this awesome conversation with Mihir mishra motorsports photographer and comedian at large well i had no clue and although i've heard rave reviews about the museo camera center in gurgaon a fabulous and even arguably the best camera museum and exhibition hall in the country mir mishra is the man behind the stunning design of the place so go check it out if you can We'll catch up with you again next week with part two of Mir's amazing story. A journey of a documenter, a chronicler of the intense relationship between man and machine. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, the auditorium awaits you at www.pikeradiorodcast.com. You'll get all the details there. A big thank you to Trigunvir Singh Pathania for connecting me with the Motorati. And thanks also to Nikhil Balakrishna for navigating through to a close finish. Saleh Sharma for the audio diary he maintained for us on his right to Sikkim. Remember to give the Rally System app from Hero Motorsports a try on Play Store and here's wishing you a very happy Easter. Let's all pray for redemption and exciting off-roads ahead. I'll leave you with the most hilarious meme we came across in motorsports where an instructor is giving right advice to his pupil. It's very short, so listen carefully, okay? So bittersweet and a little sour, I'm Shandy from the BRR. <laughs> be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. Listen, connect right on. <laughs>